0: You know my wife said to me recently thanks for coming back to me
1: she said that to you
0: yeah wow and i'm lucky that she waited around because you know when you're in survival mode you're not yourself
1: Hello, this is Dr. Eugene K. Choi, and you are listening to the Neurohacking Podcast. If you're a heart-driven leader, then this podcast will show you the proven, science-based ways to tap into your unique superpowers. That way, you develop the skills to perform and feel at your best. And believe it or not, the only reason you get stuck and get uninspired and unmotivated is because your brain's been programmed to behave that way. And I started this podcast to show you how to rewire those parts of your brain that aren't serving you so that you can learn the skills to activate your highest levels of performance, get your energy back, and find the clarity you need right now on how to powerfully create that life that you alone were meant to live, all using science you are listening to episode 7 and this is my interview with troy spring the ceo of one of the inc 5000 fastest growing companies in america dealer world i'm super excited to have him with us today because he's going to share with you the unexpected breakthrough he had that took 20 years to achieve all right let's take a listen so excited to have you here today thank you for being on the show thank you i never get a chance to talk to you enough so i'm excited about this Yeah, yeah. And I always I always love having an excuse to talk to you. So it's always a pleasure when I reconnect with you. So, you know, it's it's been such an honor to get to know you. And the reason why I asked you on the show is you have this phenomenal story. You've overcome the odds, and you've gone through some really tough times to get to where you are today. And I want the audience to know where you are today. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about what happened for you, where you were before and how you got to where you are today.
0: Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of a cliche story, I suppose, one that maybe people have heard, but I definitely lived it. And that is beginning of 2009 at the end of the, or the, in the middle of that recession, you know, just every part of my life had fallen apart. And and by the way, systematically it fell apart. It wasn't like I just woke up one day and I was there. I was riding high before that. I was, you know, an, uh, an executive manager for a platform manager, they call it in the the auto business running four dealerships. And I had a great income and life was wonderful. It just, the recession just threw me into a tailspin, that I, you know, I guess I just was not prepared for. So therefore I did truly end up at the bottom. You and I spoke about this. I, I mm-hmm. don't normally say the words when people, you know, just in case my kids are listening or something, but the bottom, I was at the bottom, if, if you can read through the lines. And yeah. so, I, you know, I, I started this company for a lot of different reasons. One was I, I really wanted to make sure that I was around for my kids more. And I knew that it was going to be a bit of a, a tough start out of the gates, you know, but I was starting with nothing. I had nothing to lose, you know, which is, I guess, a good thing. And then, as you know, we've had the conversation, you know, I just made one good decision after another. And I think a lot of compounding interest type of momentum in my life happened, meaning that the the good decision turned to another good decision, turned to another good decision. And, you know, here we sit, as as you know, we made the, the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in America's list in 2019. Um, I'm kind of living a you know, a Norman Rockwell, picturesque, perfect story, storybook life. And it's just been an amazing, amazing ride year after year after year. We've grown every year, 11 straight years. But like I said, a little cliche, started the company with nothing but rock bottom and made a lot of good decisions along the way. And, and here we sit, I'm, I'm really living a life that that is all that I imagined.
1: Can you tell me about the, the first decision that started the snowball, so to speak for you?
0: Yeah, I was cashing in the sixty-five dollars. I was at a Coinstar in a supermarket, just shaking the shaking the coins into the deal, and and I was hoping I had a hundred bucks. I had seventy some dollars, and the money was already in there. So it took my nine percent fee, and I got this little voucher for sixty-five dollars. And my son was four years old at the time. He was with me, and you know, obviously didn't know what was going on. So we we leave there. I've got my sixty-five dollars, and there's a coldstone creamery i don't know if that's a national thing or was a local thing but there was, it's an ice cream mm-hmm. shop um outside of that grocery store and so my son of course looks up and goes dad i want ice cream and uh, i was so part of my life i was so pissed off you know not not at him you know i just at that moment i felt rock bottom i felt like i'm at the lowest of lows i happen to love ice cream And I only bought one and I bought a kid small for like $3 at $4 at this place. So I left with about $61 by the time I got back in my car. And, um, you know, I just thought at that moment, as you're asking first decision at that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't be this guy anymore. I can't, I, I don't know how I got here, but I don't accept it. And I've always said that success starts with a decision. And you know there was a lot of things in my life that allowed me to kind of self wallow. Like I said, I lost everything. I mean, which part do you want me to wallow about? It was it was it my marriage? Was it my house? Was it my my job? Was it my money? Was it you know what? What I don't know what part it was, but I mean, I got to this point and I said, you know, this is just absolutely not who I am. And it was a decision that I made in that moment that maybe people understand or don't understand. But I said. To heck with this man! I'm done. I'm not this guy. So my first decision I made wasn't necessarily like an actionable item. It was really a, what I call a click moment. It was a moment in my life where I said, "I don't know how I got here, and I don't know why I allowed myself to get here." And I, I but I'm done with it. I'm over it. And it was it was a very wow. defining moment. And then in my that life, was the beginning. I can go back. I can go back to that and relive it. Like I said, it's not a tangible thing. It it was almost like a forced click moment, as I call them. You know, it was just, I'm over it. I'm done. And that's it. I I cannot continue down this path. Mm.
1: You know, one thing that's coming up for me is that I'm observing, I feel like is a contributor to your success and correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, when you're in that kind of survival state, right? Right. When it comes to finances, you know, the classic like cut cost, I need to save as much money as possible. And that becomes this focus where it literally creates this little bubble for you where you basically have no money because you're always trying to cut costs and it's just right playing it small. Right. But one of the things that I've noticed in your company is the focus wasn't as much about cutting costs. It was how do I create value? Because you create immense value for the people you serve and it takes a certain level of mindset to be able to understand that that's what's important, right? As opposed to, cause there's plenty of businesses that go out of business because they're so focused on those numbers, trying to scrimp and cut down and cut costs, but they don't put as much effort into how do we actually create more value? Cause you create more value that ultimately creates more revenue. Correct.
0: And, you know I think that goes directly to you know what you taught me and you taught me about survival mood and executive mood and I think that when people are just cutting cost to you know they're afraid I mean again I'm not saying everyone I mean there's a time to cut cost I mean I'm a, I'm a businessman course. and there's a time to cut cost but if you're really kind of running scared and cutting cost because you're afraid of the market you're afraid of conditions you're afraid of this you're afraid of that unless they're warranted, Again, there is a time to cut costs, but typically I see people kind of running scared and, and cutting costs because they're afraid. And, you, and you've kind of taught me to see that a different way. And that way, to me now, is well, they're in survival mode. You know, they're mm. not in executive mode. They're not they're not strategizing on how to win. They're not strategizing on on ROI of the investment. They're not they're not looking towards the future and how to grow and how to provide more value. So yeah, no, I would agree. You know, 100% with what you brought up there. It's just it's interesting to me talking to you is that you've taught me how to see it a different way. And that way is you know flip that switch from 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 being in fearful and being in survival mode to being more focused in an executive mode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing is when you're in survival, it prevents your brain from even asking that question. How do I create more value here? Right. How do I make the better choice here? What's the opportunities I'm not actually seeing because of the fact that I'm in survival in that tunnel vision? Yeah. So tell us. A I remember bit about, asking you not to, yeah. not to
0: interrupt too much, but I remember one of the defining moments in, in working with you is I remember asking you you, you know you, <laughs> I think you'll laugh when I say this I said hey you know I know you're teaching me how to switch on executive mode, but can you can you teach me how to switch on survival mode? Yeah. I like Really remember that I was like I, because what if what if I'm not good in executive mode like I'm really good in survival mode and uh, <laughs> you know I, now that I think about it like I'm I've always said I've always said words like I'm really good when my back's against the wall. That's that survival mode. That's fear, you know. And so, just different cliche things that you say like that. You know, it's funny. I, I was genuinely afraid of of turning that off because I I was so good in that mode. But you, you know, you really opened me up to you know the fact that in in a perfect words, I remember you asking me this question. You said, "Hey, maybe you were good there, but how much more do you think you could have accomplished if you were in executive mode?" And that was a wildly eye-opening question for me. And I remember looking, you know, kind of looking at the screen blankly with you during that session and, and then all, you know, a few minutes of silence. And then I went a lot, (laughs) you know, like a lot more (laughs) because you really have to internalize what that difference is. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I I share that story. I don't reveal who you are, but I share that story. You're welcome to. I don't, because I think it's a good point to talk about because I remember. I remember too. The way you described it was like, "No, Eugene, you don't understand." I had to keep my head down, raise my shoulder, and bash through brick wall after brick wall. Right? Yeah, you remember. Yeah, I I ran through concrete concrete walls for a decade. Right. And then I remember, like, thinking, "I I think I asked it to you in the moment too." It's like, "Well, that's a great point." Like, I'm number one. I'm not here to say what should or shouldn't have happened in the past because the past is the past. But I just want to pose a question, which is, "What if you were to?" not have your head down and your shoulder up, and you just had your head up, and then maybe you realize those brick walls were only three feet wide. Right. It it shows that that's not the only option you have here. But when you're in survival, it feels like you only have one option because of the fact you feel like you're back against the corner because it feels like a life-threatening situation. And I feel like it's it's a hard pill to swallow for some people, right, where – it's like, yeah, like you fight for that survival state because the brain feels like, Look, this is where how far it's gotten me and you're telling me to let go. It's like a bad breakup kind of right. It's just like but I don't no, want to break up. Listen, with this you
0: are state. you are so right. I mean I, I literally was afraid of turning it off, and and I, I mean literally afraid of it. I it it got me to where I was at. I I think, and I asked you. Remember, you you taught me adults spend about seventy percent of their time in survival mode. And I remember asking yes. you, is it possible I spent like ninety to one hundred percent in survival mode because I don't remember it being turned off. Right. <laughs> you know, I just don't remember. And you said, yeah, it's possible. And I said, well, that's why I don't want to shut it off. It's working for me, but. Uh, You know, I can say now today that I've really learned how to shut that off. I've learned to get comfortable being in executive mode as you had taught me. And and I'm thankful that I know I'm good in survival mode. I just don't feel that I have to live there anymore. You know, I know that if it kicks in and it's needed to kick in, I have a decade's worth of evidence (laughs) that I'm good at it. Exactly. Um, So I can lean on it if I have to, but it's, it's, it's very freeing, you know, not, not to feel the need to live there. You know, when you're in survival mode, you know, if you if you think about a movie where somebody's protecting the land or the building or the castle or whatnot, I mean they're out, right? And they're they're, you know, you're in survival mode. You're you're looking for problems. You're looking for things to attack you. And and when you're in that mode, it's really hard to shut it off. Especially mm. if you don't know how. You know, you taught me, am I being killed by a bear right now? No. Okay. There's no reason to feel like I'm in survival mode. Right. Um, and I didn't know that trick until I met you. And so what would happen to me is I was just always in that mode 24 365. I was in survival mode. And if you don't know how to turn it off, you don't turn it off. And then watching a movie, you're still in survival mode. Having dinner with your family, you're still in survival mode. Out on a date with your wife, you're still in survival mode. You know, for me I like I said I was in it 90 to 100% of the time for well over a decade. If not mm-hmm. if not 20 years. And so I think where it led me more than anything and it has helped in business. We'll get to that if you want, but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 if I really think about how much, you know, honest to gosh, you know, love and admiration I have for you for what you did to help me, it's teaching me how to shut that off so that now I can watch a movie with my family. I can, you know, have a dinner with my wife. I can be present in a conversation. I can enjoy a weekend and enjoy some of the success that I did create a, along that way. I mean, I, I got a successful business. There was no reason to be in survival mode anymore. I just didn't know any better. So here I sat with a nice income, you know, a a reasonable cushion in the bank and a, and a company that's successful. And yet I'm, you know, I'm still like trying to ward off everything coming at me. Right. So, so one of the things that, that has been awesome for me is that you taught me the moment that I feel that way again, naturally, I just think to myself, I'm not being killed in the moment, right? Bottom line just ask yourself, are you being killed right now? No. Okay, great. Then, you know, how about you just enjoy the day? You've earned it. You've earned the right to enjoy the day. So I've been able to do that at a much, much higher level and, and very systematically. And I'm enjoying my life more. You know, one of the greatest moments in my life, other than the stereotypical getting married, having kids, those kinds of things, was the moment that you looked me in the eye, basically, across one of these conference calls in my training with you and said, okay, are you free to live your life? And it, it truly was one of the greatest moments that I've I've experienced because I I, I said, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you recall correctly, I think I cried. I mean, it was. I do. It, I do. It, yeah. And, uh, you know, it make, almost makes me want to cry now. I mean, it's the closest thing. You know, we talked about enlightenment and all that kind of stuff. It was a moment where I felt enlightened. First time in my life ever, ever did I feel truly yeah. enlightened that I was free to go live my life without without the handcuffs of being in survival mode. And I've been able to sustain that, yeah. which is the greatest gift for me personally, somebody who who struggled with that for 20 years. I've been able to sustain that and, be, and I've been able to enjoy life more. So beyond success of the business continuing to grow and how much it's helped me in leadership and and things like that, it, it's made me a better person.
1: Worked really hard. What did that get you? Like all of these, whether it's, you know, in terms of revenue, in terms of property, like what did that get you as a result of you working hard and all of that good stuff? Because it's, it's, It's still pretty impressive what you accomplished. I just
0: want to give context to the audience what you did. accomplish. Well, well, listen, thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, look, there's there's always somebody with more, right? There's always somebody that that's got, you know, you've got a certain kind of car. They get a nicer car. The next guy's got a helicopter. Next guy's got a plane. The guy with the plane. Next guy owns an island that he flies his plane to like, there's always somebody with more. But, you know, you know, defining it in my terms of life of what top for me was I was finally fairly financially secure after all those years of not being financially secure you kind of get to a point where you're like hey this feels pretty good and so to me that was the top (laughs) because i hadn't felt that way in so many years i was handcuffed by you know bills and and being behind and and all those kinds of things so when i started my company and things started going well you know you just wake up one day out of that running through concrete walls and you realize well wait a minute my you know my company's you know worth seven figures and Right. Uh, You know, I've got a couple of bucks in the bank and I've got a pretty good income and, you know, my credit score went up by 250 points and, you know, like, and you just go, whoa, I, I think I made it. And, and so at that moment for that, at that moment, I have to tell you, and I think, you know, because you work with enough people, it's really uncomfortable for somebody who's not used to being there. And I know that sounds odd for somebody who maybe never struggled the way that I struggled, but. You wake up on one day and you, you almost don't know what to do with it because your back's not against the wall where you operate your best, where you've yeah. trained yourself to think that's where you operate the best. So what the top looked like for me was, you know, my company had... 25 employees. We made the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies in America, number 2,701, I think it was, you know, middle of the pack, you know, revenue as you asked. But that was the top for me. If, you know, to answer your question specifically, the top for me was, holy crap, my company does over $3 million a year in revenue. And by the way, our revenue is a lot of fees, you know, to be, you know, just candid. Like, it's not like I sell $90,000 products, you know, Mm -hmm. we're a services company. So we had, you know, Darn near close to you know three hundred three million dollars a year worth of, of of you know revenue and fees. Now again, I'm not right. making that kind of money. I got I got a lot of employees and a lot of expenses as a services company, but it was still bigger of than course. I'd ever thought it would be, and that was a top for me. And and I didn't know what to do with it. You know, to yeah. be candid, that's yeah. and that that's me really opening up and being very transparent and and very vulnerable because, you know, I, I plan to share this. Podcast, because I, you know how much I, I value your time and 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 you know what you've done for me. I, I love this story of of what you've done for me, and I plan to share the story. And and I don't, you know, I, I'm a little nervous. Some of my clients might think like, you know, man, you know, the, the guy's a wreck. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that not not necessarily true. I mean, I was doing fine. I just knew there was more. You know, yeah. I just knew there was more, and I didn't know how to get there. You have all these things now
1: where your survival instincts say that this is what you need to fight hard to get. And then here you are, you got it. But then what? Like, right. What was that like for you? Once you hit, like you said, you mentioned it was very uncomfortable. Like you hit this point where it's like, Oh shoot, I'm here. Right. What right. happened for
0: you there? Um, a mutual friend recognized. I wasn't myself. And he said, Hey, I, I think you ought to talk to Dr. Troy. And I, I said, man, how did you, how did you see that? No one sees that. And, and it's all, it's because he went through your training and he could recognize it. Right? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll talk to him because I was I was at a moment where I was searching for what's next. And so what was next for me was, you know, more tangible is that I became very comfortable working in the executive mode. And not only that, by being in that mode, I became very aware that what I did build was substantial and that I should be Mm -hmm. proud of it, not scared of it. You know, I I I realized that I had an obligation as an example one of the reasons i was searching for anybody to talk to about leadership and mentors was i have an obligation to my employees you know our our, men, our our mantra around here our mission statement is personal and professional growth for all and you know for all means me for my employees for our clients all you know it's it's really just about bettering people's lives you know through the work that we do and and so i love it I got, I got to a point where I wasn't sure I knew how to continue to evolve that and to provide that because I, because it got to a certain point where it was so big, like all of a sudden it's not about talking to four employees about, Hey guys, come with me. Let's go for the ride. I'll take you along and everything's going to be great. And you'll make more money and you know, your life's going to be better. And all, you know, all of a sudden I got 30 and yeah. you know, so now to grow the company, to provide personal professional growth for 30 people, just employees, never mind all our clients, which brings it way over 100. Like I wake up in the morning and I get this responsibility of 100 people a day you know, that I've made promises to, and those promises are that I'm going to continue to provide professional, you know, personal growth for you. And because what I needed was I needed to understand the difference between survival mode, executive mode. I needed to get myself into executive mode. I needed to make better decisions. I, I needed to believe in the path. I needed to believe that I could achieve more. I almost felt like it was the end. Like, oh my gosh, company's as big as it's ever been, bigger than I thought it would yeah. be. It almost felt like the end of a journey, not the beginning of a journey i I think the employees at my company would tell you that we're still on a personal professional growth track we're We're breaking records all over the place and, and I'm just I, but i'm I'm so much more comfortable with that than I ever was before, right and, and it's showing in every facet of my life and my health, you know it you know i'm I'm looking better, feeling better, everything because I've taken all these things and instituted it into many parts of my life not just business or not just family but you know myself too like it's okay to take care of yourself it's okay to want more it's okay to say hey i'm i'm 52 years old but i don't have to act it i don't have to feel it i don't have to look it you know i feel like i'm in my 30s again and a lot of it does come from again just being in that mindset of being in control of your thoughts and and your destiny and then putting things in action yeah
1: so you know it's like you know, the first thought that comes to mind for me is here you are, seven figure company, right? Like you've built it to seven figures. And I think what most people don't know, people who aren't at the top, so to speak, like at that level of performance, is you can very easily, like there's more chances for you to go into survival. Cause the more oh. you have, the more problems you have, like the, the more, more you protect, you right? The right. more, right. You, the want more to protect. you protect. Yeah. And I think the best way it was described to me was just like, Imagine being in a race car that's running like, like that's going like 200 plus miles per hour, right? And even if you make a slight turn, it can hurt the business that much more. That's what it feels like the bigger your company gets because you're leading a yeah. team now. You, you have to create put systems in place as you're hiring and scaling and all that good stuff. So that road from you know seven figures to eight figures is that much more scarier. And it can very easily trigger your survival state even more because there's more at stake now.
0: Yeah, I don't think if I had learned how to really control that executive mind, you know, state and get out of survival. I do think that based upon what you just said, and and I agree with it a hundred percent. And it's almost an epiphany I'm having. Why I'm talking <laughs> a little slow, is I think I I think I probably would have been in in a massive protection mode, mm. um, which again I would have I would not have drawn the lines of that being in survival mode. And therefore, I would have stagnated growth, not only for myself, but for all the people that I promised personal and professional growth to. And, you know, I, I, I've i gotten to a place of, of like I said, comfortability with the fact that I can get aggressive, you know, not stupid, right? I mean, I don't want to be dumb, you know, you don't want right, to be like, "Hey, course. I can do anything. I've got these rose-colored glasses on, and I'm awesome." No, that's not the yeah. point. The point is strategy
1: is a real thing. Yeah, strategy, just, yeah, strategy is yeah, a real yeah. thing.
0: And as long as you feel that it's an intelligent strategy, you know, the the thing that entrepreneurs don't, you know, that 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 we that we have sometimes that that yeah, you know, I don't want to say the average person, a normal person, but the person who has never really been in an entrepreneurial position before, ha- the thing that we have that 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 I don't see in some people like that is you know, we believe that there's something around the corner. We just don't know what it is yet. And right. and we believe that it's there and we believe that it's worth working towards and we believe it'll find us as long as we do the right work and we're not stupid about it, you know, and then there's a strategy towards it. And, you, you know, the executive state allows you to look at what's possible and strategize on how to go after what's possible versus the fear of saying, oh, I finally got here and I have this and I have this and I don't want to lose it. And, and so... You know, for me, that goes directly to, as all these things tie together, you know, as, as I'm meditating or thinking this through, that goes directly to me that you always move in the direction of your currently dominant thought. And if, you know, so I'm exactly. a golfer and if you're standing up, you know, if you're standing up on the tee, you're taught that if you think that, hey, I, I don't want to hit the sand trap, that your body automatically moves right. towards hitting the ball into the sand trap. So like, you know, I teach my son as he's golfing, like, don't even see the sand trap. Don't even think about it. You know, there's a great, there's a great book in golf called golf is not a game of perfect. And it teaches you to look at not only the tree and not just the branch of the tree, but the leaf of the tree. And then if you can pretend that you see it, the vein on the leaf of the tree and aim for that. So it's a very specific aim that you're going towards. And that takes you out of seeing the sand trap, the water, the problems, the rough, the issues that'll get you in trouble. And just that one little trick, I mean, you you got to have some physical ability and talent with the game, but that one little trick will sometimes keep you from having the yips of putting it in the sand trap. And the same is true in business, right. you know, I think, you know, if you think, oh my gosh, I don't want to go broke again. Oh my gosh, I don't want to lose this, you know, client or this thing, or I don't want, you know, I don't want to go backwards. If you're just in that protection mode, you're almost manifesting it. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be.
1: You know, when you spend your life running away from the things you don't want, it doesn't mean you're getting any closer to the thing that you do want. And some of us spend years, if not decades, living in this world where we keep running away. And one day you look up and you find out where I am now is nowhere near where I wanted to be. And Troy shared a really beautiful quote with me about the secret behind how to get really good at moving towards what you do want.
0: If one advances confidently in the direction of their dreams and endeavors to live the life in which they have imagined, they will meet with success unexpected in common hours. And yeah. it's funny, you know, 25 years ago, I used to have this joke, like, you wanna hear my favorite quote? Somebody say, yeah, I go, if one advances confidently in the direction of his <laughs> dreams and endeavors to live the life in which he has imagined, he will meet with success on expected and common hours. And people will be like, why do you like know it so well? And I'd be because <laughs> I believe in every part of that. And you know, if you really break that down, if one, me, advances confidently in executive mode, <laughs> which I finally learned t- two decades later, you're right confidently in, direct, in executive mode, the direction of their their dreams, you know, that's what you just said. It's over here. It's not over here. It's not what I don't want. It's what I want. It doesn't say if you move, if, if you protect what, you know, losing, it says if you advance confidently in the direction of your dreams, you'll endeavor, you will live a life that you didn't expect unexpected in common hours. And, you know, that just means you'll get it quicker than you thought. And so... You know, it's been my favorite quote for 25 years, but it means so much more to me now that I had that little click moment that moving confidently meant in executive mode. You know, to me, that was a click moment that I had like, oh, wait a minute. I've been trying to really, you know, live this life for 20 some years, but... Now it makes even more sense to me, and, and that's what I do on a daily basis. I get up, I work confidently in the direction of my dream in executive mode, with a strategy, with a plan, and it's it's amazing how fast things come together when you are focused on that and not focused on, you know, hey, I got to protect this. I don't want this to go away. I don't want this to happen. You know, I, I just don't focus on that. Even even today, I had an, a, one of my employees ask me about, hey, when are we going to do blah blah blah? And I said, maybe never. And he's like, well, and I said, he's, well, what do you mean by that? I said, first things first, last things never, you know, this is where I want to be. This is where I'm headed. This is what I'm doing. This is the goal. If that never gets done, don't really care. I care about accomplishing this. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, you live by these little quotes and I do live by first things first, last things never. There's only 24 hours in a day. Right. And if, right. You, if you're focusing on these things over here that don't really matter that much or that you don't want to happen or, you know, you take your focus away from the core goal, you're not going to get there as oh quick. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because when you're in that executive state, now you have extreme clarity. Clarity. So to focus. Oh, clarity. You know, and I, and I hope people really get this, what, I'm, what, 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 what we're talking about. It's so much easier to trust a leader that's in executive mode than it is one in, fear, in, in, in a fearful mode, in, in survival mode. Well, if they're in a fearful mode,
1: they're not even thinking about their employees. Your empathy shut off, right. literally in your brain. So yeah, they're just thinking point. about how to protect themselves. Right. And we know how many leaders, you know, that's wow. you know what's happened. That's
0: I think if if you're listening to this, please please take the wisdom that Eugene just gave us, right? That that if you're if you're a leader and you're not in you're not in executive mode, you're in survival mode, which means you can't have empathy for the employees or even the clients really because you're protecting yourself. You're in survival mode. So where'd that empathy go? And 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 that, to me you know, that's a, that's a writer downer. That's a key part of this entire talk that we're having right now, Eugene. I think that's so powerful for a leader to understand if you're operating in survival mode and you, and you don't know how to get out of it, you, you're not operating at your best and you're, you're not, you're not who the, your employees and, or your clients need you to be. Yeah. hundred percent. That, that's powerful. And, and, that's powerful.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. I love how you're, you're, you're pointing out my thing when I was interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I just, when you said it and it clicked with me. I'm like, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it's just, it's, this is science too, right? Like that's one of the things that's so exciting about this is everything, the science just proves everything now, right? You're, you're at your best when you're in executive state, you, your critical thinking skills are turned on, your problem solving skills are turned on, your empathy is turned on, you just feel a whole lot better because you're, you know, everyone always talks about this flow state, right? Everyone always talks about this flow state. And I think the nuance that, It's so exciting to me that was an aha for me is that think about what happens when you're in a flow state. A a good example is when you listen to music, for example, that you're really just grooving into it, right? There's this phrase, you lose yourself in the music. Well, that's such an important point because you literally lost yourself to get into an executive state. The focus isn't about you anymore because your survival brain is not so focused on protecting you. You just kind of disappear. You lose yourself. But right. now you're able to connect with this bigger purpose, this bigger meaning that's really important for you to connect with. And you lose yourself. That's what a flow state is, because humans are restricted by three things, right? It's your environment, your body, and time, right? We're restricted by these three things. But when you're in flow state, you lose track of them, don't you? You lose track of time, you lose track of your body, you lose track of the environment. And it's this process of learning how to just lose yourself moment to moment so that these things don't affect you anymore. Insecurities, worries. And you're just so focused on the thing that's important, and you're able to just keep powerfully moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know, one of those things that if you really look back at that, it's kind of what you were just talking about, is, you know, we all get old, we all get sick, we all die. It is what it is. You know, make the best of the circumstances, and life is short. And, and in these moments when you're just in survival mode, you, you're not truly living, you're existing. And when you come to really good grips with that, you start to think to yourself like what is it that I want to accomplish while I'm here? You know, what's my legacy going to be? And you don't start looking at every day like they they never end. It's not it's not a morbid thing. It's it's a factual right. thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the goals for this show for me is to really provide as much tangible and practical resources as possible for people. One quick question I have for you is what was the first moment that you remember of you being able to consciously tap into that executive state, like what happened? Like paint the picture for us a little bit. Like what was something you noticed and what changed?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I started to just try to enjoy weekends more. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so I, th- I think there was a moment, I don't know if I remember the exact moment, but I can remember the process and I can remember the feeling. So, I th- you know, hopefully that, that's good enough. As you know, even prior to meeting you, I was, you know, a meditator and, 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 did a lot of meditation and practiced and, but, but you changed my mode of thinking. So what I would do is on a Saturday morning, you know, I would go into meditation and I would just talk, a, I would talk myself into a great weekend. Meaning I would say, you know, look, nobody's killing you right now. You have a sizable business that's mm. going to be there Monday. You're, you're fortunate that you have enough money in the bank to pay all of your bills this month. You don't have to worry about paying bills. You've got a roof over your head. You're healthy. You know, you're in really pretty good shape for a guy in his early 50s. You're, you've got food on the table you know, downstairs waiting for you this weekend. Your wife loves you. Your kids love you. You know, you you know, the dogs wait, waiting to, you know, sit down by your side and be pet and be part of the family. And so I would go into this kind of meditation mode of just, you know, setting myself up for being in an executive state for the weekend. And, you know, it, it, it changed my life. You felt that gratitude. It changed my life. I'm not perfect. There's still days that I'm like, I catch myself in survival mode and I probably just snapped at one of my kids or, you know, <coughs> said something I shouldn't have to my wife. I'm human. But, you know, I think in general, you know, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but, you know, my wife said to me recently, thanks for coming back to me.
1: She said that to you?
0: Yeah. Wow. I was, you know, and, 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 I, and I'm lucky that she waited around because, you know, when you're in survival mode, you're not yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't as ever present. And, you know, we're best friends. I wasn't as as, as good of a best friend. I, I wasn't listening like I should listen. You know, survival mode, you're thinking, how do I protect? How do I protect? How do I protect? And people don't know. That's why it's lonely at the top. People don't get it. Right. They don't understand that survival mode kicks in because, you know, that's who you are. That's what you're doing. You're trying to provide for your family. And part of providing is protecting. So, you know, I, I just... You know, I remember, I remember moments like that. And I think, oh, you know, th- it was learned. I learned how to get to a place. It wasn't natural. I, I forced it through learning from you. Wake up in the morning and ask yourself, is anybody trying to kill you right now? And if the answer is no, why are you in survival mode? Is, yeah. is the bank knocking on your door, taking your house? And even if they are, you're not dying. You know, and so my wife and I jokingly have what we call the cardboard box. I told you about this. You know, as an entrepreneur, you do worry. And so stupid things you say to people is like, you know, like, do you love me enough that if we only if we could only afford a cardboard box, would you go there with me? Because you're always afraid, right? You're always afraid of losing stuff. So, you know, my wife and I joked about the fact that, yeah, she'd live in a cardboard box with me as you know, as long as I gave her crayons to decorate it. And, and so now I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, like, I'm so fortunate that I've got this to enjoy. But, you know, look, what I have to enjoy more is that family downstairs that needs me to be at my best. And if someday mm. I lost it all. As long I, I know they'd still love me. I know they'd care. And my wife and I got a cardboard box to go live in. And <laughs> so, so it gives you the strength, right? It just gives you the strength to say, none of it really friggin' matters. Just go play the game, right? And go play it yeah. at the highest level that you can play it. What's not acceptable to me is that I don't put in great executive effort. But what is completely acceptable to me is the outcome of whatever that effort brings me. If the outcome is, oh, crap, you know we're in the middle of a pandemic and I lost a client or two or three or eight or whatever. and If I put any effort, I'll accept what the universe throws me for a result. I have what I have. I can't change that. I'm going to have what I'm going to have, and I can't change that. There's no need to be in full protection mode all day long when what you've built is pretty sustainable and it's yep. probably not going anywhere. And if it starts to chip away, you just work harder in those blocks of hours that you work and you go fix it. But accept what the universe has given you, accept what it's going to give you. And then just, like I said, the one thing I can't accept is not putting in the effort. Oddly enough, that goes directly to the fact that I wasn't putting in effort because I didn't know how to, you know, to, to, you know, to be a better family member. Wow. I'm I'm just really floored. Thank you so much for sharing that. And
1: you know, when the brain feels safe, ultimately, that's when it can perform at its best. And you're yeah. bringing up some points that's very true. When the brain
0: like, feels safe. Yeah. You know, that's a new one for me. As much as we've spoken, I don't think you've ever said that. And and that'll stick with me for sure. When the brain feels safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if it doesn't, you go into survival, don't you? Right. For no whatever doubt. reason, whatever insecurities. You and simply, you're, so you're telling me, because I want to add context before I let you go. Yeah, of course. You're telling me. Because this might sound woo for people, right? Like, oh, I just decided <laughs> to have more appreciation for my weekend, right? Like, that's all yeah. it felt. I want to I break this down real quick for people is you were starting to get yourself into a place of gratitude. Did you not? Right? Like, look at all these things I have. Look at what I get to do. And it allowed you to start enjoying your weekend, even though you had all, it, it doesn't mean the pressure went away from your business and all the needs that you have,
0: but you were able to get yourself into a state of gratitude, correct? Right. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I was gra- I was grateful. I mean, I knew I was lucky. I knew that, right. you know, I, I, great family, great business, great health, great everything. Like I knew I was lucky. I just, I, I didn't know how to handle right. it. It sounds like what you did there is because it's one of
1: those things where you know it, you don't feel it. True. But you're I getting better at allowing I, yourself. I, oh, to
0: I feel knew it. it. I absolutely. Look, that was perfectly said again. I knew it, but I didn't, I didn't feel it. I did. I, I didn't feel it. And the moment you
1: start feeling that more, which, you know, I've seen you feel more, your brain is, your body is getting out of its survival state because gratitude, right? Feeling good and fear can't coexist in the brain at the same, it literally can't just because it's different parts of the brain. Right. And you're telling me as a result of this, because I think people don't know, my audience might not know what happened for you. You still grew your business. You launched a whole other business. Did you not?
0: Yeah. You're you're telling me, even
1: though you got yourself to enjoy your weekends more and it didn't make the pressure any less, yet you're able to start growing another business as a result of all of this, which m- many people would think that's even more pressure, yet you're still able to enjoy your weekends.
0: Yeah, because that executive mode allows, you know, and I everybody's different. You know, in a book I wrote like seven years ago, mm-hmm. one of the things I wrote was, you know, are you are you man enough or woman enough to to turn your potential into performance? Mm. And, and so again, I look back at that and I understood the concept. I didn't understand how to execute it. I was executing mm-hmm. it out of survival, right? Yeah. So to this day, that, even though I wrote those words, I th- I look at it way different. And again, it goes to directly to what you're talking about right there. Right. You know, I mean, if you think you're capable of it, why aren't you doing it? And so for me, seven years ago, I didn't comprehend like what the strategy would be behind teaching somebody how to turn their potential into performance. And the reason that's relevant to this conversation right now is you just asked me like, so didn't you start another business and isn't your business growing? And isn't like, yes, because I looked back at those words and said, I know how much I'm capable of doing and I know what my company's capable of doing and I know what I want to accomplish and time does go fast, so let's get to work. And it yeah. becomes infinitely easier to me once you're in this mode Yeah, to turn your potential into performance, which is exactly the question you just asked me. Aren't you doing more? Yes, because I knew I was capable of it, and I wanted to do more, and now I have a system that I follow to do it.
1: Yeah, and you don't toot your horn much, so I'm going to do it right now too. I'm going to add more context here. You launched the second business during the pandemic, did you not? Yes, actually,
0: a- actually, let me think. R- really, three more. You launched three more businesses during the pandemic. Divisions, we way diversified. Three more divisions. So, so I went in. Right. I did a very, very calculated and in executive mode, and therefore it, it it paid off. It 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 paid off big time.
1: Right, and I'm super excited for where you're heading because I don't uh, one one cool reminder I give to some business leaders sometimes it's just like. You know, 2008, 2009, that was also the last recession and also the last global pandemic with the H1N1, right? The swine flu. Right. And that's when Uber started. That's when WhatsApp started. That's when all of these other major tech companies that blew up over the next few years started. It started during a time where the economy was in crisis. So I don't know. Like, it's just people who take this bold decision while, of course, it's, it's an intelligent decision. You have to know what you're doing, right? You look at all the variables there. But at the end of the day, you made the decision to start. So it's it's just I'm just super excited and inspired with where you're taking your company.
0: Listen, we're we're just getting started. I used to look at it as maybe I, you know, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? Because the company was bigger than it's ever been, you know, or bigger than I ever thought it would be. I, I suppose is better words, and and I wasn't sure where that. You know where that led me because you know all of a sudden you find yourself you know halfway up the mountain you've never been halfway up the mountain before you're like this is pretty cool the view is pretty cool from here and and you're maybe a little tired I'm, I'm not gonna lie ten years of ten years of running through concrete walls will make you tired yeah. right yeah. you know you're a little tired and and you go I don't know is this enough and you know chatting with you like I said I I, I genuinely feel like I such a, such a renewed energy that this is only mm. the beginning so it's like I said it's a yeah. beginning it's not an end and it's. You know, it's invigorated the employees. They see a renewed energy in me. It was the first time I ever felt anything remotely close to enlightenment. When you learn all these things, and you really put them in practice, you know, it it, it free is the word. Uh, you know, it's 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 very freeing, and it allows you to operate at levels that. That I personally have never operated at before. I am I'm eternally grateful. I'm, I'm I'm really grateful for it. I mean, you're you're a friend for life, and I'd do anything for you because you changed my life, my friend.
1: Thank you so much, Troy. That that really means a lot. I'm I'm like trying to hold myself together now, <laughs> hearing that from you. So thank you so much. You got it, my friend. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please give it a rating and share it with someone that might need to hear it. And if you're interested in joining my membership community, where you can learn more about how you can elevate your performance and your productivity, then check out neurohackingschool.com.
0: Hope to see you there, and I'll see you on the next episode.